Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. have your Bibles. Let's go to Acts chapter three. That's where I'm going to go today. Um, we've got a little bit before we get there, but let's pray and we'll be in Acts three. Father, we love you. I thank you for Radiant Church. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're doing uh, here among us. We thank you, Lord, for these last 21 days of prayer. I just thank you for the way that we've been able to connect with your heart, spend time with you, know you. God, we ask that we would continue to, even as the fall goes on, that we would get deeper roots. Um, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for these kids, these young adults that are moving here. And God, in an age and a time where so many struggle in their early 20s, uh, we ask, Lord, that, that Radiant would be a house where 20-somethings grow deeper in their faith. Um, we thank you for what you're gonna do. We love you. Open up the scriptures to us. We pray for wisdom and revelation. We honor you. And everybody said, Amen. So um, this, this last year, I was having a conversation during what we call church in, which is when we set everything up early in the morning with one of the men in our church. And he was telling me the story of his own excitement about the participation in engaging with this guy that he worked with at his company who ended up giving his life to Jesus. And so he was telling me this story and, and he, was, he was grinning ear to ear. And so here's a guy and he works for a great company. He's graduated from a great university and he's got a wife and he's got kids and, and, and he's, he's got all the reasons to celebrate like any of us would. He's got all the American celebrations, every kind of birthday, every kind of anniversary, whatever you, you would celebrate. But there was this sparkle in his eye. There was this excitement as he began to talk about his excitement in playing a part in seeing this person make this decision. I'm going to follow Jesus and he was elated. He was excited. And then he said, the fun part was, he said, all my life I've attended church. All my life I've gone to church. He said, but I've never been in a place where I felt like I really played a role. He said, in trusting God in his sovereignty, undoubtedly, surely I have, but I never felt it. I never saw it. It wasn't measurable. It wasn't something that I could say, here's where I said this, and here's where this person, and here's how I gave here, or here's how I prayed for them here. And then they came to faith. And he just lit up as he just began to tell me this story. And just uh, last month, I, I did this message where we talked out of Luke chapter 15, and it was the parable of the prodigal son. So I'd been hanging out, marinating in Luke 15, and I, I began to think about how in Luke 15, we get a picture into a celebration, a picture into a, a party, the way that heaven celebrates when people who are far from God come to faith. And of course, Jesus is telling the story and he tells three different parables. And he tells the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin and the lost son. And he talks about rejoicing in each one. So in Luke 15, seven, I tell you, Jesus says in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over the sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. And that's the story of leaving the 99 to go find the one. That's, that's Corey Asbury's song about, you know, kicking doors down and shadows lighting up and oh, the over, that song, that idea. It's that idea, he's rejoicing over the one. 
And then in the, the next parable, the, the parable about the lost coin, it's in the same way I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of angels. Now we're talking heaven, presence of angels, of God over one sinner who repents. So now you get this imagery of in heaven, what does it look like? Re- rejoicing of angels. And the famous one of the lost son, the parable of the father who looks at his older son and says, we had to celebrate this Son of mine was lost and now is found. And, and he goes back into the house, throws the party, kill the fattened calf, put a ring on his finger, have him sit at the table. And it's the story of a celebration. It's the story of a party. And so as I was thinking about this guy in our church experiencing this level of enthusiastic, almost party-like feeling, just this enjoyment, just this, just overwhelming with excitement. So and undoubtedly, he's got a lot on his plate and he's got a lot of other things that he could be celebrating, but there was a spiritual reality that was taking place in his heart that looked a little bit, I mean, a tiny foreshadowing, uh, I mean, a, a fraction, a small percentage of the macro party taking place in heaven when one person repents. And I was just thinking about if as a culture in our church, if there could be in addition to all the other things we celebrate, like we're gonna celebrate, you know, we're gonna celebrate when the right team wins and there's still gonna be barbecues and there's gonna be birthday parties with painted faces and snow cones and everybody's gonna celebrate anniversaries. I'm not putting any of that down. I'm saying we celebrate all the things we normally celebrate, but deeply embedded into our heart is a story that we like crazy care about what the Father cares about. And so if there's a rejoicing in heaven, and we can play a role in what lasts for eternity, then we get to step into some of the excitement, some of the joy. And merely my premise is this, I want more joy in my life, you want more joy in your life. What happens if, as we go into this fall, we are more intentional about our lives looking for? How can we participate in what Jesus is doing to see people that are far from God make decisions to follow Jesus. He's the one at work. He, uh, he's the one drawing them, but we're playing a part. And I began to just think about what if there was that kind of celebration. So for three weeks, we spend time and we're talking about deep relationship with God. And we talked about prayer journals and we had prayer labs about how to be alone with God. And, and, and there was this habit forming season of spending time alone with Jesus each day. And coming out of that season, going into intentional, God, open up my eyes that I can be a part of the mission that you're accomplishing, that you wanna use weak, frail, normal me to make a difference. And I wanna look today at this life of Peter. We're gonna go to Acts 3 in a minute. Because the fun part about Peter is that Jesus uses Peter in such a dramatic way and all of us can relate to Peter having massive, massive errors, weaknesses, broken, uh, kind of awkward moments. And yet Jesus' decision, resolution, determination, patience to use him to win others for the gospel. And so I want you first just to look at Matthew 4. We'll, I, we'll, we'll read Acts 3 in a minute. But look at when Jesus originally calls Peter. We can go with all the disciples. We could go a lot of different ways. But I want us just to look in, kind of key in on the life of Peter. 
Mark chapter four, verse 18, sorry, Matthew chapter four, verse 18 says this. And Jesus walking by the sea of Galilee saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me. And, and that's what I want to talk about. So the last three weeks, we, it, it would have been follow me. It would have been, that's what we talked about. That was our series. It was rooted. It was, I'm going to, I'm going to listen to God. I'm going to go where he's going. I'm going to hear his heart. I'm going to spend time with him. Scripture's going to come alive. I'm going to know God. And so he says, follow me, i.e. young rabbi from Galilee, looking at fishermen, son, come do life with me. Come hang out with me. Come spend time with me. Come know me. It's an invitation. And then there's this phrase that says, and I'm going to do something inside of you. And I will make you, the title of this message today is make me. I will make you. That's where I want you to get. I will make you fishers of men. So right now you're fishing for fish. I, I'm gonna invite you, Jesus. I'm gonna invite you into a process where you become like me and you're after people like I'm after people. And they immediately left their nets and they go with them. And here's where it's challenging for us because David does a series on spending time alone with God and we like it. We're like, okay, great. Yeah, come on, free journal. What's up? I like this. I can do this. This is just me and Jesus. Coffee, mm, anointing, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Good. But the moment that you start talking about taking the gospel, verbalizing who Jesus is, talking to people, great commission into the public square. Well, in America, if you're alone with God at Starbucks, that's fine. If you're alone with God, in your car, that's fine. Here's where there starts to be a little tension. It's when you take it to the public square. And here in Acts 3 and 4, Peter, he's, he's you actually see the early church praying for boldness. You, you actually have moments where courage and boldness is what marks those that have been with Jesus, Acts 4, 13. And, and I wanna invite you to this. Jesus wants to bring you into a process of walking with him where he does a supernatural work inside of you so that you don't recoil at the idea of being an evangelist or you don't recoil at the idea of being a fisher of men or people, but instead his heart exists in your heart and your response is make me a fisher of men. Use me to make a difference. I want to be a bold witness. Let me be someone who speaks of what I have seen and what I have heard. May I not be someone who is bashful and frail and uses reasons to justify the fact that there is not an active evangelistic thing going on inside of me. No, Jesus mold me. Jesus change me. Jesus do a work inside of me so that what is on your heart is inside of me. And your commission, which we read about in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, there's a sending in all of them. Even Acts 1, there's a, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses in the world, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. And so I feel like a lot of times what we do is I'll, I'll, do, I'll do what I'm comfortable with. I'll, I'll figure out my way. I'll, I'll figure out my, my area. And sometimes in fear, or we figure out maybe personality, maybe we figure out a way, someone else, well, that's, that's just not my thing. And, and, and I, I wanna pull back from that. And I'm, I'm asking God that the prayer that would be alive in us, instead of how can I be okay with God and do as little as possible, would instead be make me a fisher of men. And I think when we look at Acts 3, we can see where Peter ends up. 
because we can read about how Peter actually becomes a fisher of men. So Acts chapter three, if you have your Bibles, let's read that real quickly. I just wanna read um, just the first few verses. It says this, one day Peter and John were going up. So everybody knows this. So Jesus walks with Peter, Jesus dies on the cross, Jesus raised from the dead, Jesus ascends into heaven. Now this is the work the Acts, this is the work of the early apostles. So this is, I'm going to kind of the end in mind. I'm going with the, the, the man who's gone through the process. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, but three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried uh, to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him. Another version, fixed his eyes on him. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said to him, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and he began to walk. So, just interesting, great story. Acts two, Peter preaches at Pentecost. Acts three, crippled man healed. But I was thinking about that, that's Peter as he's stepping into destiny, as he's stepping into ministry. But I was thinking about early on. Here he is, fisherman. Uh, He's got in his mind, I've got my business, my family, my life, a lot of responsibility. We read about that there's a story where Jesus heals his mother-in-law, so we know that Peter's married. And so there's, there's, there's just the normal me. Like, and I think where most of us tend to live is right there. We live in a culture where in individualism, make this about me. This is, we're told if, if we'll pursue this, we'll possess the most joy. If we'll live for me, well, get all of these things right, kind of get house right, car right, hobbies right, get nutrition right, get, just get everything right for you and you'll, you'll be happy. And yet there's this storyline in the scriptures about a joy in mission, in partnership with Jesus that angels rejoice at, that concludes with people coming to know Christ. And it's this macro bigger story than just me and my nets. It's this story about, I'm gonna leave my own desires, me being the Lord of my life, and I'm going to leave everything and I'm gonna follow. And as I follow, as I spend time with, as I'm spending time with Jesus, praying, getting to know Jesus, he's gonna, he's gonna reveal to me who he is and what he's doing. So there's a follow me and there's a, and I will transform. I will make you, I will train you. I will form you into a ministry person. I will form you into a fisher of men. I'll have in your gaze, in your eyes, where you see people. And I was thinking about Peter and that moment where he saw. So everybody's running into the temple in Acts 3 and Peter responds to this man. I was thinking about how often Peter saw Jesus see people. Like even when in Luke, when he enters into Peter's house and Jesus sees that his mother-in-law has got a fever and he prays for her and she's healed or there's a, there's, there's a moment where he sees, Jesus sees this woman who is crippled for 18 years and, and Jesus sees her and prays for her and heals her. There's moments where there's these lepers or there's a moment where there's children that's easy to just pass by, but Jesus sees and takes care of kids. There's a moment 
that we read about Luke records where there's a tax collector in a tree that Jesus sees. Zacchaeus come down from coming to your house and Jesus sees these different people. And I just, I just imagine this moment where it's, it's, it's a guy who's been trained. It's a guy who's walked closely with Jesus where, where he sees him. And, and, and it doesn't just see him, but it's a moment where, where he shows kindness. Actually, in Acts chapter four, when Peter recounts before the Sanhedrin this moment, he says, are we, are, are we in trouble for showing kindness to a crippled man? And he refers to this moment where he prayed for healing for him as a moment of kindness. I was thinking about Peter walking with Jesus and watching Jesus see people. And Jesus going about his day, Jesus going about, and he's going He's gonna teach and he's gonna do all the things that Jesus does, but in the process, he sees people and Jesus shows kindness. And now there's the moment where Peter shows kindness, where Peter does what he's seen Jesus do. And I think for us, we're not walking around first century Galilee. We're living in our context and we will pass by people when we haven't been with Jesus. But when we've been with them, when you're like in the car, when you're alone with them, what are you doing? So you're going through a process of I'm telling who he is. I've got scriptures alive in my heart, but I'm looking at my life and I'm looking at your day, your, your barista, the person in the cubicle that sits next to you, your, the, the people that are in your world. And, and the temptation is just to have your life be about me. It's, it's my nets. It's just, I gotta, man, I gotta pay these bills and I gotta, man, I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I wanna party about that and I wanna celebrate this and I got this agenda. I got this. And, and this, this Christian life is, is, is pulling out of this life that's just about me and my nets and my business and, and, and just my family. And it's a, it's a, it's a story of, I'm gonna be with Jesus so I can look around and I can say, who are the people that I, I am a fisher of men, that you, you're gonna use me to make a difference, that you're gonna use me to impact. And so Peter seizes the moment. He looks, silver and gold have I none, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He's kind of got that like fire to him, you know? Like Peter's pretty bold at this point. You know, he's ready to go to, prison by now. Before he wasn't, now he is. He's got that. I like the moment where he looks and he stands before religious leaders and he goes, Jesus of Nazareth, whom you crucified. You know, he's just, he's got some fight inside of him. But he looks at, the, at, this, at this crippled man. He says, Jesus of Nazareth, walk. And he seizes the moment. And I just want to invite us, coming out of these 21 days, spending time alone with God, so it's a follow me. It's a we're with him. And I will make you, and I'm asking God that as a heart for our church, he would open up our eyes to where that prayer, that idea, make me into a fisherman. Jesus says he's gonna do it. He'll, God, if you can turn Peter from a fisherman into a fisher of people, from fishing for fish to fishing for people. Take me on that. Let me be with you. Let me see what you're doing. Let me go. Let me do life with you enough to where it's not just my micro decisions about my world, but I want to see what's eternal. I want to see. Open up my eyes to the people around me. Let me see Zacchaeus in the tree. Let me see the crippled lady. Let me see the sick. Let me see. 
who are the people that you want to use me to accomplish your mission? And I wanna be in partnership with what you wanna do. And so it's open up my eyes to see people and it's, I wanna show kindness at seizing moments and then he's finally, he's sharing Jesus. He looks at him and goes, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And he does this miracle. And, and, and I, I, want, I want you to feel encouraged today. Sometimes our temptation is to think, all right, David's gonna talk about commission. He's gonna just go tell me, just go grit my teeth and be bold. And, and that's a different day. But today, <laughs> just kidding. Today I wanna invite us to ask God to do a process in us. Be at work inside of me. Out of the overflow of being with you, Jesus, I wanna, I wanna spend time, open up, open up my eyes to see the people near me. Like even right now, as I'm talking, identifying. I, I, I wanna be a part. I, 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 wanna, I wanna joy that, that's bigger than just getting all of my responsibilities right and trying. There's, there's some participation in what lasts forever and there's this possibility of me engaging, me, me having some joy in, in what makes angels celebrate. There's, there's a way that I can live. And, and I just dream for us. Like I wanna, keep, I wanna keep celebrating as a church all the things we celebrate. Like let's, let's, let's be the people that, man, we, we love to have a good party. We love to celebrate each other's kids. We love to celebrate each other's anniversaries. And, and we love birthdays. And we love to celebrate when we get taller or get stronger. I don't know what your goals are, but all the things we just celebrate. I love that. I'm, I mean, by, uh, like I love to celebrate. In my marriage, like I thought I was kind of a planner until I married Renata and she's more of a planner than me. So I've just become a celebrant. I'm the party. My kids think I'm a party. I'm a party. I like to party. But here's what's bigger. What if we had as alive in us, what we care about, what we party about, what we celebrate above all the small parties is there is a party that's really huge that lasts forever and ever. And it is this, I'm a part of a mission with Jesus to see people come to know him. And when people come to know Jesus, woo, it's better than a Super Bowl victory. Oh, no way. Couldn't be, no, I'm saying, yeah. What? It's, it's, it's better than the stock market, like going through, whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah, I'm saying that. I'm saying that. Man, you imagine trillions and trillions of years forever for one person stepping into and there is in heaven a what's I'm saying if we're saying, hey, we want your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, then this is party atmosphere when I say these stories or when you lead people to Christ, or when you get that kind of a part of our mix so that it's not just, yeah, I've been in church my whole life, preacher, so you're not gonna be able to get me excited about that. No, I'm not talking about what I'm able to get you excited about. I'm talking about what you're excited about. I'm talking about you're alone with Jesus. And so the transformation doesn't come because the church has a great mission, vision, plan, lots of curtains, got some lights and we gave you a free journal. No, what's alive inside of you is I care about what Jesus cares about. I've been with him. And so what's alive inside of me is what, what he cares about. I'm on mission with him. I, I've left my nets. <laughs> I'm a net, my, my, he invited me to be a part of what he's doing on the planet. And so I care about a lot of things. I mean, I party about getting my car fixed or I, I party about my kids learning to brush their own teeth. I mean, I got some wins, but man, my biggest wins are kingdom wins. And Jesus, I mean, he just, bam, 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. He's laying out, you go into the world. And, and, there, and, and, and I was thinking about, as I meditate on this, I was, I was honestly surprised as I, I, have, I have spent much time preaching sermons about Jesus, uh, being, reinstating Peter, being patient with Peter, but I hadn't thought of it this, cl- this clearly as this context as I did this week, as I was thinking about Peter going on a process and there's a moment in Acts chapter two where he's preaching at Pentecost. Here it is in Acts three where we're seeing this healing. So he's being used by Jesus. And I was thinking about how patient Jesus is with the fishermen that he called and invited him into a process because Peter had some pretty broken moments. So if in your heart, you look at me and you go, hey, that's for somebody else. It's not my personality. I don't even care. I'm whatever. I just want you to see Jesus' patience and kindness with Peter when Peter took a while. Like there's a moment where Jesus is about to be arrested and Peter takes things into his own hands, draws out a sword, and just cuts Malchus this guy's ear off. Like, that's weird. You know, like, I don't know. I, I mean, I, you can read Jesus. And, and I would think you would think, I'm not, I'm not sure by that point, as Jesus has told the disciples, well, what's gonna happen? And Peter's still in his own strength going, I, I got this. Or he's, I mean, I don't even, I was thinking about cutting an ear off, like, is he a bad, like, what's, I don't even know the significance. I read some commentaries, nobody knows. But it's just, he cuts the guy's ear off and Jesus is just like, no, 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 Peter. No, let's, I, I don't know, just not the ear. Just heal that, you know, take me, you know. But, but then, I mean, Peter goes into denying him three times. I tell you, I don't know him. He's confessing, he's denying him before servant girls. Actually, beyond that, one verse says that he began to, called down curses on himself. Which for all the cussers in the room, you just got happy. Like, man, if God can use cussing Peter, what's up? You know, like, but I was just thinking about, he goes from calling down curses. I mean, he's cussing Peter and, and Jesus still isn't done with him. Like John 21, it's a story after Jesus dies, raises from the dead and he's still calling him. Hey, 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 come on, Peter. Come on, I took, I, you've, you don't even know what's inside of you. You don't even know. I know that you ran away from servant girls. I know you deny me, but there's, I see boldness you don't see. There's gonna be the 413 moment, and sorry, Acts 413 moment where they go, when they saw the courage, Peter and John, they took note these men had been with Jesus. I saw the boldness. And there's gonna be moments where you're gonna, instead of passing by, you're gonna pray and see a man healed. There's, Peter, you're gonna preach, come on. And I just wanna invite you, I think many of us, this subject, we just want to just give this to somebody with a different personality on the Enneagram, you know? Like just somebody with a different resume, somebody who's been to Bible school, somebody just somehow, because this is confrontation, fear sometimes, I'm afraid. 
I don't, uh, it's, it's not comfortable. And as long as, as long as it's about Jesus healing me, changing me, transforming me, I'm okay. But this is the moment where it's, it goes beyond me and I care about others. Then it's like, that's costly. That's, that, 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 that costs something of me. And I just wanna invite you to go on mission with Jesus where you go, actually, that dream is what I dream about. That's what's alive inside of me. I'm just dreaming about that being a big deal inside of you. And so the individualism and living for me and, and just the way that I can take care of myself, it's a little bit boring compared to the bigger story of, hey, yeah, I'm paying some bills and I'm taking, but I got this vision. There's this guy. He's so messed up. He so needs God. And I've just been, mm buying his lunch. Or there's this person over here, this neighbor that I have drives me crazy, called the cops on me. I, I mean, but I got a vision. So that your eyes, your eyes are not just all on me. You're walking like Jesus walked where he's looking at the most messed up people of the day, the tax collectors, where, and he's got a different heart. So I wanted to tell you this story. Renata and I, um, when we uh, got married, uh, we left uh, Oklahoma City, and in Oklahoma City, uh, I was a youth pastor. Renata was working at a Mexican restaurant called Ted's Cafe Escondido, and uh, she was working as a waitress. and um, And uh, and and so we we got married, graduated from college, got married, took a job in Colorado, and we were just kind of suddenly out of there, real quickly. And we were, uh, lived uh, in our first house in our first year of marriage, and she got a letter in the mail from a guy from Ted's Cafe Escondido. And, uh, and, and this guy just writes out in this letter about how, how he had given his life to Jesus. And he says, I just, I just wanted to thank you for your courage to share Christ with me. And and I pulled back, I said, Renata, what? Like, she said, no, I didn't like give like the Romans road. I never handed him a track or something. She said, I just, I would look for opportunities. And when they were talking about drunkenness and all the things they did on Friday night, I would just talk about the small group of high school girls that I led. And, and I would just talk about, I, I, would, I would talk about like some of the things God was doing as I was praying and studying the scriptures. And I said, so, so when he says this, he's, you didn't look at him and like quote, you know, like the book of Romans. No, no, no. She said, all I did was just take normal conversations and just, just, just talk about God. And I looked at her and my first thought was in the moment I should be like, this is amazing, party in heaven, Luke 15. But I was like, does he know you're married? Because I'm just making sure. She's like, yeah, sorry, bad joke. Anyway, but that's a true story. And so... But I was thinking about that, the commonness of that. Like just the, everybody's, everybody, God is the one at work and God is using his people. And some people you plant a seed and some people water and some people see a harvest and some people, so, so you don't even know the role that you play. But if you're in relationship with Jesus, if you've stepped out of the nets and it being about me and you're just, God, who do you want me to talk to? God, what do you want me to do? How can I show kindness? How can I seize moments? There are so many. I mean, God in his sovereignty, he's working. He'll use everything. And if you start to look at what, what, what moments, where can I, why, where can I 
share Jesus. Even Renata's story was just, was just talking about Jesus. It was just, and there was enough there was enough other people or churches or moments in his life where eventually he got there. And then in his journey, as he thought about following Jesus, there was this gratitude, this thanksgiving for what Renata had done. And, and that's what I'm dreaming about for us. I'm, I'm dreaming about us having that a part of our lives. And I know that that's different. I know that we have a busy culture and it's, it's, it's hard to have others in our eyes. It's easy to have self. That's why even in these prayer journals, if you'll start to just write out names, like just, so maybe you do write out a verse, maybe you are praying Romans, or maybe you're praying Matthew 4, and, but you just then at the end, you just start to look out towards the future and you just go, God, I just, I'm just, and you start praying for someone. And when you start praying for someone, God starts to give you his heart for that person. And all of a sudden transformation starts to take place because so you're looking to seize the moment. You're looking to, show kindness, and then bam, every once in a while, you've got this moment to just talk about Jesus. Not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to get us into a, a place where I'm like, I don't have a plan to hand all of you tracks and we're gonna go to the neighborhood today. I have a, this plan where you're doing life with people. Most people that come to faith don't come to faith from a sermon or a book or a song or a TV show or a big conference most people, when they talk about the variable that caused them to Christ, it was a person that was living a transformed life that they go, what is it about you? And so if your vision is, who are those people? And who's the Zacchaeus in the tree? Who's the person that's sick? Who's the neighbor? Who's the friend? And I'm not saying that they're ready right now. They could be the most distant. When the story that I told you about Renata, when, she, when that happened, she looked at me and she goes, that was the most messed up guy in the whole restaurant. She was like, that's, that's the one that I didn't like being around the most because he was so godless. And she went on to tell me how. And I was like, wow. So I don't, I'm gonna edit that from this part of the sermon. Like, it's, it's intense. Here's my point. You don't know. God's the one at work. He's using you. You're just sowing seed. You're just watering. You're just throwing it out there. But you're a part of something bigger, bigger. God, use me. I want to be a part of a, a bigger story. There's angels in heaven. And I'm telling you, I'll never forget the moment talking to the guy right here. So we were sitting up chairs right there where there was life, joy. Not because he'd gotten a raise, not because his kids finally could ride a bike without training wheels. There was, those are good things, but there was a bigger spiritual work going on where he's like, I, I played a part in what's gonna last for, forever. I'm, I, there's a celebration. I'll never forget my little bride, 23 years old, with tears in her eyes, just like, I, I, God used me. And I'm telling you, there is access to some life, some some things that last forever available to you as an individual and us as a church if our eyes are not just on me and my good life, you and your good life, but if it's on, whew, I want to be a part, 
Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded. Surely I'm with you to the end of time. So you're going, I'm going in. I want them to say yes to Jesus. I'm, I'm, and so I, man, my dream would be that you start to even think, even, even thinking of Radiant Church as a place where you just know our process, okay? So I want them to get to a place where they say yes to Jesus. Maybe it's that you lead them to Christ, you know, at the job or at the college or wherever you work. Maybe it's that they show up here and every service, every service, every Sunday, every service, we're saying, if you wanna give your life to Jesus, maybe you see them. I, want, I care about them jumping in and being disciple. I want someone helping them know Christ and, and I want them then to discover all the things that God's got in them so that then they become fishers of men like I'm a fisher of men. And, and you just start to celebrate you start to celebrate mm, salvations and you start to celebrate baptisms and you start to celebrate people becoming disciples and lives getting transformed and you begin to celebrate when that very person who was once far from God is now sitting at a Starbucks with seven other people saying, well, let me tell you about what Jesus is saying here in Matthew chapter six. You know, and it's like, yeah, people are fulfilling what God's called them to so that there's a greater joy than just paying your bills. Should we pay our bills? Yeah, I'm, 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 trying, to, I'm trying to get out of boxes. I'm trying to live, I'm try, I, I will celebrate the day. We are out of, I will have a party. We're not, I won't, but I will. I mean, it'll be a party. I I love to party. I'm saying this is the big party. And I want to invite you to jump in and dream this dream with me. Who are the people in your world that you go, Jesus, I want to be a part of the process of what you're doing. Let's just take a moment. Will you bow your heads with me? I was just thinking even about Peter. And he wrote, 2 Peter 3, he wrote, God's desire that none would perish, but all would come to repentance. Here's Peter, the one who became a fisher of men. And he's verbalizing, here's the mission, here's the dream, that none would perish. Maybe you're here today and maybe just hearing this good news of a father that loves like this, He'll go to any extent. He'll send his own son for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting or eternal life. And today you go, I want that life. I'm grateful that God sent Jesus. I want in. And if today you go, I want in. I want to be found. We want to just give you an opportunity to respond and just... Begin that journey. You can begin it right here and now. If you just pray this, just begin this. It's a conversation. It's a conversation about a life change, about you going from your way to his. And even on this day, you can become, <laughs> for, you could become saved and for, with God forever. And I wanna invite you just to pray this. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and give you my life. Save me. Change me. Be the Lord of my life. I don't want to go my way. I want to go yours. Give me a fresh start and eternal life with you. Thank you for Jesus. I give you my life. Like all of us, would you just ask God to do a supernatural work in your heart today? And here's the prayer. God, help me care. Help me care. 
you're throwing parties, I want what's in your heart and my heart. If you leave the 99 for the one, I want that to be in my heart. Make me a fisher of men. Do a work inside of me. Now we take just one step further and we ask God, will you just give me just even a few people, maybe one person, one people, one person. Jesus, we ask that we would see, I pray that this fall we would see people that come to know you because we've seen them shown kindness to him, seized moments, shared Jesus. I pray, Lord God, for a great harvest. We pray that we would be fishers of men. We give you our lives.